Welcome to the Faith in Maine podcast. I'm Katie Clark, your host. We are sharing stories of life and faith and ministry across our 58 churches, 18 summer chapels, Camp Bishopswood, three Jubilee centers, and ministries that make up the Episcopal Diocese of Maine. With this podcast episode, we embark on a new series on the themes of listen, connect, adapt, and hope. All themes selected by Bishop Brown for us in the Episcopal Church in Maine to focus on over the next year. We begin with the theme of listening and a conversation with Bishop Brown about this practice. Enjoy the conversation. Bishop Brown, you had four themes that you spoke about in your convention address late last year. Listen, connect, adapt, and hope. And in this podcast series, we are going to do a deep dive into each one of those, starting with listen. So when we think about listen and listening, and as our bishop here in Maine, could you share with us some scriptural references where listening deeply or the importance of listening plays a key role? Yes, Katie, that's true. Um, and I, I want to say before I share a word about Holy Scripture that my interest in listen, the act of listening as a theme, began as a sort of desire of my own to listen better. So I said uh, sometime during the height of the pandemic that one of the things that being in lockdown and not being as active and having to stay at home taught me was that I had an opportunity in the quiet of lockdown to develop some new skills. And I wondered about what those new skills might be. And one of them was to listen better. And so that uh, began a kind of process in which I heard from others and asked others about how they listen and whether they, how they do that and what they do to listen, et cetera. And so part of what I heard in, in my own prayer about listening and also in asking others was from some people who said that they think it's the most essential thing to build Christian community. Uh, there was a particular person who said that to me and that really struck me. And so that's how I came to this desire to adopt and to uh, highlight the act of listening as a practice and as a theme for this year of between convention of 2021 and convention of 2022. So let me say a word about a particular piece of scripture. As I get ready to go to Lambeth, to the Lambeth Conference with all of the other bishops of the Anglican Communion this coming summer, we have been preparing for that uh, conference by studying the book of First Peter, pretty small book of the Bible, uh, and one that I don't really know very well, except for a couple of excerpts that appear on Sunday mornings. So it's been a source of learning and a time of insight and, uh, and even some challenge um, in this particular text. But one of the pieces of scripture, it comes from the fourth chapter of First Peter, uh, verses six to eight, really struck me. Um, and it goes like this, listen to the message. It was preached to those believers who are now dead, and yet even though they died, just as all people must, they will still get on the life that God has given in Jesus. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, 
Love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically everything. So it begins with this imperative, listen to the message. And it ends by referring to this word that we use a lot, which is love. And love makes up for practically everything. So I'm really interested in finding ways that listening and loving might be connected. Excellent. And as you had said before, you chose listen as the key theme for your convention address. It really resonated with you, especially as we were and are in the midst of a pandemic. I'd like to reference what you had quoted where um, you, you had heard this quote that this is the essential thing to grow Christian community. Can you say more about that and, and why that's essential to growing Christian community? I think for me, it's rooted in the um, in the 2016 presidential election that resulted in Donald Trump's becoming our president. And in the midst of the swirl that came from that election, there was incredible division, even in my own family. And I was aware that some of the things that people said about the culture divide in our country were actually true, that, that I needed to admit that I spent a lot of time with people who thought and spoke and acted in similar ways to me. And uh, it set me on this path to try to not challenge uh, my loved ones in my family who were delighted that Donald Trump was about to become our president, but rather to listen to genuinely try to hear with the heart of understanding about what it is they either saw in Donald Trump or they saw in our country that drew them toward them. So, so that was the beginning. And then I realized that that piece of personal work with my family, that it was needed in the Christian community that I served at the time, which was a parish outside of Boston, not to say that we needed to focus on the presidential election, but that this work of listening to each other is a way to grow friendship and deepen uh, the knowledge and love for one another. And so those are the two things that um, sort of set me on this path. And I think it is more and more true. It may not be focused right now on whomever's in the White House, but I think this invitation to listen better, to be conscious of the ways we do and do not listen, has a kernel, has a, you know, a germ of some possibility for, um, for a Christian community, not just within the church, but beyond the church to flourish. It sounds like a key element of that too is listening, even if you might not agree with someone, but That's still right. opening your heart and your ears to do that listening. That's right. Now you've talked about, we have talked about this in the, in the context of a political election, but as we think about listening and listening to maybe those we don't agree with, are there other groups that you think that we should be listening more to? Are there folks that we have closed our ears to or not listened to well in the past that we should be attentive to? Yes, one of the things that I am aware in Maine is that, and I think it's true in other places too, but this is our context, is that the Episcopal Church in Maine, in many of our towns, is associated with middle-class and upper-middle-class people. 
and that this this issue of class and i'm not speaking about income i i think there are plenty of uh people with lots of money for whom some uh, class issues uh, still exist and that's true there are many people who are poor for whom there may come from a sense of class so for me class is probably more about access to education and access to certain cultural things than it is about money so because of the episcopal church's great insistence on and commitment to aesthetics and to beauty and to music and to uh, the life of the mind, we have long attracted a certain kind of human being. And I wonder if there's an opportunity for us in the church to let go of some of that for the sake of listening to others who speak a different language or who think in different ways or who pray and regard nature and God and maybe even the person of Jesus Christ in ways that we have not yet explored. So for me, there is something local here in Maine for us to be thinking about folk who are not part of our church, whom we might in some ways other, you know, to, to sort of use that phrase, we might um, regard them as different or as other than who we are. I think there's a great opportunity for us to in, create a relationship and to try to listen with the eyes of our heart. You said earlier that much of this came out of you yourself wanting to listen better and, and adopting that as a practice, especially during the pandemic. So if you could give us some action steps or homework or, or ways in which we all listening can go out into the world and listen better. What are your thoughts or even tips there that have helped you adopt a better practice of listening? Yeah, there are a couple, there, there are three kind of actions that I'm thinking about right now. And I would love for people in the Episcopal Church in Maine to join me in these actions. You and I are speaking in the middle of Lent. We're getting ready for the fourth Sunday of Lent. And so I've been thinking about some of these practices during Lent. And as I look a little closer to Easter, I wonder if there's an opportunity for me to keep at it uh, well beyond Easter day and to have some company join me. So one of the things that I think is a specific action that we could be doing is to spend time with another person for whom we find it hard to listen. <laughs> that for whatever reason, she or he or they are just difficult for us to really either listen to or to understand. And that before we do that work of really trying to listen, to ask ourselves why, what is it about that person that makes it hard, either because of who they are or because of what is inside of us? So uh, there's something for me, I get really frustrated when I speak to people who say, you know, as a filler between every other word, it drives me crazy and it stops me from listening. So people are in the middle of a sentence and they say, you know, you know, you know, you know, and I find myself judging and critiquing that. And the same is true for the word right, right, right. I mean, asking for assent when in fact, they don't need my assent, they just need to tell me this. So this is a problem in me 
that prevents me from listening because I get stuck on these idiosyncratic, judgmental, critical parts in me. It's not about that person. It's about a sense of judgment in me. So that's the first thing is to, is to spend time with someone for whom I find it hard to listen to for whatever reason. The second, I wonder if we might be helped by focusing less on words and more on, say, a piece of music. To take a piece of music that we like or have some affinity for and to listen to it, whether it's a song with words or whether it's instrumental music, doesn't really matter, but to listen to it five or six times in the course of one day. And I realize that not everybody necessarily has that time, but it's not about five or six times. It's about really carving out some intentional time to listen to a piece of music and then to notice whatever we notice. How does it seem different or how does it seem the same as it did before we really listened intentionally and deliberately? That's the second action. And the third has to do with corporate worship on Sunday mornings. When we gather in churches or when we gather online, instead of reading the Eucharistic prayer as the priest or the celebrant prays that on our behalf, I have found it very powerful at times to put down the prayer book or put down the leaflet and simply listen to the prayer. And the same is true when someone proclaims scripture. Instead of, for those of us who can, assuming that they, the reader is reading well and there's amplification, you know, so I'm not speaking um, now to people who may have hearing loss and may in fact have to read it. I'm speaking about those of us who don't have hearing loss and don't necessarily need to read it. Could we try on from time to time putting down what is written and simply allowing the words and the power of poetry and beauty to wash over us and to listen in a way that is different when we read along with whatever is being said. So those are three things. Spend some time with somebody uh, for whom you have a hard time listening. Take a piece of music and listen to it in a new and deliberate and carved out way. What do you notice? What's the same? What's different? And third, take some liturgical text that you might typically read along with as someone is reading it aloud and put away the text and just let the voice of the other person fall on your ears and live in your heart. Thank you, Bishop. That's very instructive. And I think those are three actions that we certainly all could take in one way or another uh, over the next number of weeks to really hone our listening practices as well. So I thank you for your time as we go through these four different themes of listen, connect, adapt, and hope over this next podcast series, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Faith in Maine podcast, brought to you by the Episcopal Diocese of Maine. If you like this podcast, please leave a review and rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That helps us spread God's word even further. Thank you.